Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hi guys, welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. I am so excited to be here with Emily Espino Ruiz, and she is coming to us live from London. Emily, you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. Esther, you said my name perfectly. People usually stumble on that great pronunciation. You know, sometimes I just have to practice in the mirror and then I get it good. (laughs) No, you did well. You did well. I am so excited to be chatting with you, Em, because we have so much to talk about today. And I wanted to, before we even recorded, I just wanted to ask you all the things, but I had to save it for once we hit the record button (laughs) because it's going to be good. We're going to talk about prioritizing your physical and your mental health while running a business. And in your case, two businesses and dealing with all of the things, personal and life and just everything. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be good. But before we jump into our conversation, I wanted to give you guys a couple of important announcements and events that are coming up. So we have the Faster with Figma co-workshop with the Shopify Codex with Leia from Arc Design Studio. That's coming up on August 15th at 12 p.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss it. We're going to be walking through how to go from a brand guide to a brand in Shopify store using Figma. And it's just going to be chock full of so much knowledge. Leia is a wizard and she's so fast at Shopify. So you know there's going to be juicy information in there. And if you want to join that, it's completely free. You just have to join our Facebook group and you can join the event in there. So that's at facebook.com slash groups slash better brand designer. And then we also have our Patreon only live quarterly Q&A call on September 12th at 11 a.m. Eastern. And as we always do, we have our quarterly calls where you can come and ask Jen and I any questions that you have at all about your life, your business, our life, our business. And it's just a place to get to chat and hang out and make friends. It's a small group right now. And of course, it's never going to be this small. So we would love for you to join us now. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash better podcast. So that's all the exciting events that are coming up. We'd love to see you there. If you have any questions, reach out to me or Jen or join us in the Facebook group. And we'd love to chat. Our intro question for today is going to be with Emily and I, and it's a fun one. Be honest. How often do you work from bed? Oh, (laughs) okay. So as Esther knows, I've literally just moved house. And so the past month actually has been absolutely all over the place. I've probably been staying at like my parents' house, my partner's parents' house, our old flat, our new flat. It's been crazy. So I've been pretty good because I ha- I just haven't had like a day to relax and feel lazy and kind of haven't settled in yet. But before then, when I was in my flat, definitely, I would say like maybe at least once a week. And if I'm having a really lazy week, maybe twice. But I still yeah. get it done, you know, I still get it done. <laughs> I feel like sometimes I just need the comfort of like on my back, it feels good yeah, to be in definitely. bed. So I probably also do once a week, but it's really on those days where I'm like, okay, literally sitting at my desk is just painful right now. And I need to Mm. just be in bed and cozy and have my tea next to me. Yeah, exactly. My boyfriend always says he doesn't know how I do it because if he was to do it, he would just fall asleep. But it takes a pro. It takes a real Same with my partner. He can't (laughs) do it at all. (laughs) I also know like when we... So Em's going to talk about House of Vibras. Um, and I was in that for a few months and I remember mm-hmm. you saying like, do not meditate in bed, do not do anything in bed. And like, so I would do it out of bed, but then I'd like get back in bed and work. <laughs> and I'm like, that's literally not what we should have done. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. When it comes to meditation, I mean, especially cause we were, you know, trying to wake up super early and stuff. It's, it's difficult. You need to peel yourself out of that situation and it just helps you start your day. But once you're already showered and dressed and you've woken up a little bit, I feel like bed is just ultimate comfort. So yes, exactly. (laughs) We love our beds. And you know what? Working from home just allows you to do that. I remember when I first started working from home, this was pre me starting my own agency. So I was working for another ad agency Mm. and 
it was hard because I was like wanting to work from bed because I was like, oh, finally I get to work from home and I was not productive, but it's shifted. (laughs) Yeah, I know. For sure. For sure. Emily, when did you start your business? I actually just had my second business birthday and I completely missed it because again, I've just been a bit crazy the past month, but it was, it was on the 19th of July, uh, two years. Happy second birthday. That's huge. Yeah. Thank you. I'm, I'm all for like celebrating every little thing. So I was, when I realized I'd missed it, I was like, oh my God, how do I? You can always just re re celebrate it. Just send yourself a belated birthday card. (laughs) I'm going to have to, I'm definitely going to have to. So you guys, we met, Emily and I met in Design Biz Mastery with Morgan Rep in January of last year. So you would have been halfway through your first year in business and I was just starting my business. Yeah. It was early on and it was a big investment. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) A massive investment, but I, I found that it was so worth it. I mean, even just the like learning how to price and learning how to run my business aside, getting to meet people like you and like Jen, who I run the podcast with and so many other people in there as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I actually quit my job to start my business, I did a course straight away. That's when like the course taking happened. It was like instant. And that course was more about kind of setting up and the basics and what you need in place to actually run a business and all that kind of stuff. But DBM is obviously nothing like that. It's just on a much deeper level. And even being very early on in your design journey, but being surrounded with other people who are further along is very motivating as well, just to see what's possible for you. And of course, like money-wise investing in these types of courses, is like, it takes a certain level of self-belief and confidence in yourself yeah. that, that you can do it if you're actually yeah, putting money where your mouth is. Absolutely. It's interesting you say that too, because when I was in DBM, I so I had just started my business like Mm. two months before I joined DBM. And I thought that everybody in there was so much farther along than me. And Mm. it's interesting to look back and a lot of people say, no, I had honestly just started a few months prior. And I was like, whoa, because I even saw you and I was like, wow, Emily is doing such amazing work. And I had admired you from afar for so long (laughs) that I was like, when I finally got to chat with you, it's not that you're you're not far along. It's just like, whoa, we are all in the same space. And it's all an illusion in a way. Definitely. We are talented and we are skilled and it's just, it's hard. It's hard to get past that like block of everybody out there is doing so much better than me. Yeah, definitely. It's a definitely a mix of people at different stages. But like, I remember even to invest in that course, I was like, I don't remember where I came across it or how, you know, how I found it. But when I saw it and I read that sales page and I was like, okay, these are all the things that I need right now to take that next step. And then found out how much it was. I was like, okay. Because again, you're so early on in your business, you know, you've got little jobs coming in here and there, but it's a big investment. And I actually had to dip into my life savings for the first time ever to pay for the first installment. And I was like, I believe that for the next one, it's going to be because I've booked projects and the money is going to be coming from there. And it's just going to happen. And it did. Yeah. (laughs) And that's such a mindset shift too. And I know we're going to talk about that a lot more in this conversation because you've had a lot of investments, both personal and business related in the last couple of months, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Introducing Emily. Emily is a London-born Colombian designer, well-being fanatic, and the founder of Vibris Creative Studio and House of Vibris. She qualified as a graphic designer with a degree from Central St. Martin's in 2017. Her editorial style earned her a place creating layouts at LUK Magazine, followed by a string of in-house design roles at household name British fashion brands, which we love. We love the fashion queen. (laughs) Despite doing what she was good at in her day job, she knew that something vital was missing. What she didn't know was that apart from design, she was also made for entrepreneurship. And one day she decided to put her well-being first, called it quits in her nine to five and took the leap. Vibra's creative studio was born out of a combination of her passions, creativity, and well-being with the aim of redefining how to run a successful business. 
Her number one priority is to prove to herself and others that it is possible to be a successful entrepreneur while still looking after yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. These values run deep throughout Emily's personal and business life and are what inspired her to expand her entrepreneurial offerings by setting up a sister business in 2021, House of Vibras, an online community supporting people through their journey of self-discovery. Wow. Uh, <laughs> do you like when you hear that, are you like, whoa, I am a badass? <laughs> uh a little, a little. <laughs> because you are. Oh, thank you. It's, it's I mean, so to weird, see, isn't it? Like just when yeah. you hear your journey back like that. But. To hear your journey in like yeah. less than a minute, you're like, whoa, that was like years and years and years. <laughs> so many years, definitely. But it was interesting because even just hearing you said a line there that I, I hadn't heard in a while just about like wanting to show that running a successful business doesn't have to mean working you know crazy hours and not taking breaks and all these unhealthy things I came across something recently uh on Instagram that was basically talking about the difference between a lifestyle business and an empire business and it was such a like light bulb moment for me because my partner is also self-employed. We both work from home. He runs his business, which is in a completely different field to me. And we do things so differently. And seeing this definition of a lifestyle business versus an empire business, which was essentially someone who runs a business for freedom to be able to enjoy life, to be able to do all the things that they want to do on their terms, making their business work for them in a way that just it feels healthy, feels balanced. That's my goal. But then, you know, you see other people maybe pushing the idea of needing to expand and have a team and have an office and do this and that in order to be successful. And that's, that's a different route. And both of them are, you know, completely good options. It just depends on the person. But as soon as I saw that definition, I was like, wow, I've never thought of like, yeah, I'm actually building a, a lifestyle business and he's building an empire business. And now that I understand that, it's just helped us like understand each other a little bit more just to have that definition. Yeah. So it was interesting. It's quite interesting to hear you say that his it's such a different like model <laughs> yeah. there. Because in my head, I'm like, oh, if you're both self-employed, you guys would be doing the same thing in, I mean, in your different fields, but like with the mm. same vision. No, Did you always have different. that this like um, lifestyle vision of success or is that something that you had to mentally shift? I feel like at the beginning, maybe just because of external influences of like what running a business looks like, I probably was aiming for things like growing a big team. And like I said, having a base and an office and like all these crazy financial goals and stuff, which I still have huge financial goals, but just the like going to achieve it in a different way, if that makes sense. Like working less to make more. Yes. That's my definition of like a good balance. Okay. I love that you say that because that's something that I've been re relearning this year too. Like my first year in business, I was very much like, I'm growing. I want to like make a lot of money. I want mm. my business to expand. And then this year I'm like, wait, I actually want to have free time and I want to work less, but still be charging higher so that you have yeah. a similar like monetary value, yeah. but your time is different. 100%. And that is exactly what DBM, like a main lesson from that course, right? It's about being able to charge in a different way and like pricing models and stuff like that, um, which were all very new to me compared to some of the other courses that I had done before. So I think that was a big help in uh, me shifting that sort of mentality that I had. Um, and obviously once you have been running a studio for a year and doing different types of client projects, and some of them are big, some of them are small, some of them are on a retainer and your, your income, you know, it's very obviously completely different to having a nine to five job. So you start to learn what you enjoy. And for me, like just if I was to have back-to-back -back projects with no breaks and stuff, it's like maybe on paper that looks great. Like my studio is fully booked out, you know, we're in demand and that's awesome. But really I'm exhausted. Like I'm not going to be producing good work if I don't feel good, if I'm not tired, if I'm not having breaks, sorry, if I am tired and I'm not having breaks. So 
I think just through actually working on projects and like seeing how I felt going through all of them, that was another thing that was like, okay, yeah, some, some things need to change. <laughs> yeah. What does your studio look like now? Are you working weekly? Are you working on a set amount of projects per month? What does that look like for you guys? Yeah. So it's definitely kind of, there's no set thing. It, it, it kind of depends on my availability. Say for example, in a couple of weeks, it's my birthday. I've decided to take the entire week off. So if anyone's inquiring, I'm like, okay, cool. Books are open from after that day. <laughs> like, not, yes. Even I love though that. I'm, I'm free, right? Like I'm literally going to be chilling and like be at home, but I want to do that. But you're so. not free because you're taking that right, and intentionally right. saying, no, yeah, thank no, you. That's true. Keep it that's true. <laughs> exactly. It's true. So yeah, it just depends right now. Like I've, um, I'm about to relaunch my studio in a couple of weeks and I've just been working probably this year on really refining a process that ties in very well with all of these values and like the whole well-being and having time for myself and stuff. And I've managed to refine it to a point where I'm only working with one client at a time, but I'm Mm. making more than I would from like months and months and months of retaining clients with, you know, with like just one person. So like you said, the pricing, you're able to charge more, but work less. And yeah. And then because of that, like financially, it puts you in a good position that you don't feel like you constantly have to be having projects. For example, last month, I didn't work really. I was doing bits like here and there, maybe like half studio days and studio days here and there. But because I was so busy with the house and I knew that I needed to dedicate time to relaunch the website, it's one of those things you just have to pause and like get it done. Otherwise you're never going to finish it. I didn't take on that much work. And then this month has started. I'm like, okay, I've got free time. Cool. Like I'm going to book some more stuff and it's just picked up again. And it's just been awesome to, to, yeah, to be in that position and get myself into that position. Yeah. I think that that's so good to hear too, of like, you can kind of just go with the flow of things. Mm. You have your set intention of that you only want to work with one person at a time, but life throws you a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear you speak to that as well, because I know you have a lot going on in your personal life and mm. some big things that just happened. So if you want to chat about that, I would love to. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we just moved house. We've been living in our previous apartment for two years. And I don't know if it's the same like in the States where you are, but here, a lot of people moved into really great locations in London during the pandemic for very reduced rent prices because landlords were quite open to negotiating. And so now that those two-year contracts are coming to an end, all of the rent in London is insane. Like it's an insane high. And yeah, the rent was going to go up by like £600 a month for the exact same flat that we were in. Just like that. Minimum £600 a month. That should not be allowed. But I know that so many cities, including here, are doing that. And it's just like... It's just a massive jump. Yeah. And, you know, I I knew that I wanted an office space and stuff and things that we didn't have in our old apartment anyway. So it was time to start looking. So we explored the option of buying. And then that was a whole roller coaster again, because both of us are self-employed. And turns out, I don't know, again, I don't know if it's the same um, where you are, but... They basically said, if you're going to buy, you need to prepare from like two, three years before because you have to have on paper, you know, your statements need to look a certain way. And it doesn't matter what your business is making if you're paying yourself less for tax reasons and all this stuff. So that was like, a we actually put a, like a reservation fee on like a three bedroom brand new apartment that we love. And um, that fell through. So that was like, mm. okay, not good. And then... We were like, okay, well, we're going to have to go back to renting. That's fine. And then it was just the whole rental madness. You would literally find a place that you like. The next day it was gone. So yeah, the place that I found now, we were like fighting for it for about two months. And I'm finally here. I'm in it now. Yeah. So you are are still renting then? Yeah. Yeah. We ended up having to rent and just look at our plans again. And we're going to have to, like I said, prepare from now to buy in like a couple of years because yeah it's it's wild I mean Mm -hmm. it's similar here where being unemployed it just takes a whole nother level of preparation for home ownership and like my husband and I we bought our home in December 
Mm-hmm. And they actually couldn't use my income at all, no which way. was wild. So because I had only been, I hadn't filed taxes yet. They require you to have had a year in business and to have filed taxes. Okay. And because I hadn't, they didn't let me, even though my reported income was still going to be higher than what I was pay- getting paid in my standard role. job. Yeah, yeah. My previous role. Same. So they couldn't use my income. And because they couldn't use my income, they couldn't use my credit score. And so it's, it was wild and useless. Yeah. It's like, you're I'm kind like, of right. like, yeah, like I have worked and on paper you can see, and it, they, they, it's just very, it has to be the exact documents in the way that they need it. And there's just no like leeway with it. And apparently the pandemic actually made it worse made it more difficult. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel very blessed that my husband does have a full-time job in which he has his tax documents and everything. So yeah. Yeah. it wasn't an issue for us, but it just was, it's a mess. And maybe we need to do a whole episode on home ownership and I think how so. like that, that looks as you're self-employed and just kind of anything that looks like when you're self-employed and making yeah. financial decisions. For sure. Even like you saying that for you, it was a year in business to have like a year's worth of tax returns. With us, it's two years. So for example, I've got a friend who he was waiting before he could quit his job to just guarantee the mortgage, even though he, you know, he was ready to go and like start his own thing. But just for that, he had to stay. Um, And now obviously it's all been sorted, but yeah, just situations like that. It's like, I'm glad you have your space now though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it worked out. It worked out in the end. I'm in the office. We've got, we've got two gardens. I didn't even have one garden before. So, and it's a, it's a big house and it's brand new. We're like the first people to live here. So it worked out and um, yeah, we'll just kind of relook at the situation when the time is right. That's amazing. (laughs) And tell us about House of Vibras and how it's looked like having a second business alongside your already booming creative studio. (laughs) Yeah. So this is, I've been looking forward to talking to you about this actually, because okay, two things. So number one, like how it's been in a nutshell, I feel like the only way I can explain it is you almost need to have two brains up in one go, because especially where the two businesses you know, certain things tie in, but for the most part, they're completely different industries. One of them is a well-being membership community for people who are interested in things like personal development and stuff like that. And the other one is a creative studio, which is my actual profession. And so, you know, naturally things like imposter syndrome and me feeling like not equipped to be talking about these topics to these members that I have because I'm just a designer. But then you know, having to remind myself that it's not a coaching program. I'm not trying to, you know, preach as if I'm an expert or anything. It's literally a community for like-minded individuals to come together and to meet each other from all over mm-hmm. the world. And that's, I have to kind of, you know, bring myself back down to reality with that. But yeah, it's hard because the things that are required from me on a daily basis for both businesses are just completely different. And so you Mm -hmm. need to be really good at time management and creating a schedule to get things done because you have paying members and you have paying clients and they both need the things (laughs) that you need to provide. They both need lots of support. Exactly. Exactly. So how do you prioritize which one is like quote unquote more important than the other at any point in time. Like I know they're not more important than the other, but how do you arrange your time and your schedule to fit all of it? Mm, I feel like with, um, just to abbreviate, has to do this is HOV. So with HOV, it's mostly like planning things very far in advance and then putting things into my schedule to kind of work backwards. And they tend to be smaller tasks just because they are workshops and things like that. And if I need to send out an email to the group or check in with everyone and, you know, they're they're things that don't take very long. It's not like a week-long branding project, for example, that takes up a full-time hours. So yeah, I mostly work backwards with Hov. And then with the studio, it's like I said, if I'm working with a client and they've booked out an entire week, I know that my full-time hours are going to be focused on that. So it means either before I start work or after I finish, I need to do X, Y, and Z for Hov 
and just make sure it gets done. And it's, it's a lot. (laughs) I think that's important to share with our listeners too, of like setting things in advance and Mm. working backwards is going to be a lot better than kind of scrambling during the moment, trying to figure out, okay, I have this thing coming up, but I don't know what I need to quite do right now. Yes. Yeah. And it's been an actual, like that planning in that way has been a real game changer for me. Literally these past couple of weeks, like I said, I've been working on relaunching the studio website, which is coming up soon. And it had been on the to-do list and it was like, I knew all the little bits that needed to get done. But when you've just got that there, like in your head of, I need to redo a website, there's so much to think about. Like it just, you just kind of freeze. You don't know where to start. And so by actually setting a launch day, I was able to be like, okay, this page needs to be done. This is going to take about this much time. So I can do it on that day. Mm. And I then actually broke it down properly. And now it's nearly ready to go. But only once I did that. Amazing. It helped. Yeah. It's. Do you have help at all? Like, have you hired anybody on to help you on either side, either VCS or HOV? Yeah. So with HOV, I had to hire a social media manager. And it was funny because that was a service. I'm now stopping offering social media management, but that was a service that I was offering. And it, I always find it funny when you do it for other people, but you can't do it for yourself. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's a problem that a lot of designers and creatives have because we're so busy serving our clients that we kind of neglect our own stuff. But you know, with it being a brand new business, it needed the time, the money and the energy invested into it to help. And so I knew that I needed to yeah, invest in a social media manager who was going to be able to help me create consistent content and stuff. So I've had, um, her name's Anna from Social Studio. She's been amazing working with me, I think since February now. So quite a few months and yeah, she's been a massive help with Hov. And then for the studio, I also had a creative assistant, but it's not been like a set, um, you know, like not like a junior designer position. It's more like ad hoc work here and there. Mm-hmm. How did you know when you needed that and let somebody <laughs> into this space? Because these are your brainchilds. Like you care so yeah. much about, I can see from both of your businesses, there's a mm. lot of passion in it. And there's also a lot of perfection in it or perfectionism <laughs> too. So how did you let people in and how did you know that you were ready to? Honestly, I just think it gets to a point where you, you've got so much on your plate that the to-do lists are just kind of piling onto the next day and the next day and the next day and things are being carried over and not getting done. And it's like, I don't have enough time that you need to start delegating. And, you know, I was really lucky, like with my assistant, Carolina, she just picked everything up really quickly. Same with Anna, like there are people out there who, you know, have a similar way of working and aesthetic and stuff to you. And yeah, it is possible to, to find you know, people to help, but it also can take a long time to train people and have them help you in a way that it actually looks like it is you, you know, that kind of concern of like, oh, if someone else is doing my content, like, is it going to look kind of seamless? Cause you would want it to. And so there's a bit of, um, not a bit, a lot of time that needs to go into kind of getting someone set up and making sure they understand everything exactly how you like it done. And it can be really stressful at times because I think we kind of underestimate like how much support you have to give new team members and you kind of hire someone and think, oh good, okay, that's taken care of now. Like I can focus on what I need to do. And it's like, no, <laughs> for them to be able to do it, sometimes you you actually have to put a lot of um, energy into explaining. There's a lot of planning that goes into it too. Yes. Yes. I remember we spoke about this actually, just like letting someone in and stuff. It is nerve wracking. It is. It's very difficult too, to be able to know that it's going to be okay. I think letting go of the pressures Mm. and because there's always going to be so many pressures of like, I have to be perfect. I have to run this exactly how I had visioned it in my head without letting things kind of just naturally evolve as they do yeah, and growing with it. Yeah. It's difficult. Definitely. And I think, I mean, I don't know, for example, do you have anyone on your team? Like consistently that you work with? I have 
a developer that I work with occasionally. Mm-hmm. And I have, I've actually also been working with Carolina a little bit. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, I found her through you. <laughs> so I have people who I occasionally work with, but I mm-hmm. don't have anybody full-time on my team or that I pay consistently. Actually, that's not true. I have a consistent copywriter who writes my blogs. Okay. Okay. So let's say, for example, you kind of give a brief or like a to-do list of this is what needs to be done in the week. And then things come back to you and let's say visually like graphics or whatever it is, there's tweaks that you want to make, right? And it's like, do I quickly make these tweaks or do I communicate what needs to be changed so that the the person knows next time, right? Because that's the whole point. So that next time I don't have to say it because they would know. And I feel like that's a really... This is something I really struggle with. Yeah. (laughs) I've had to really like stop myself. I find that with the design and the development. My copywriter, sometimes I forget I work with her because she does such a good job of just like taking it and like, like, looks great, keep going. But sometimes with design and development, it's not that they do anything wrong. It's just like, oh, there's like this tiny little thing. And I think it's faster if I just like fix it real quick. And then we don't (laughs) even have to like, we don't have to have a dialogue about it at all. Yeah. I think out of like my kind of, outsourcing experience that's been like the biggest challenge because you just want to just quickly do a little you know (laughs) a little change here and there and it's like "Mm, actually it's gonna help both of you more if you communicate and just tell them what it is so that like the next time they they know but yeah it's just perfectionist tendencies and also like sometimes even thinking does it matter like is this one like nudging it up one pixel like the end of the world really and I feel like I have had to, to designers. Yes. I know, I know, I know, I know. But sometimes it's like, I know. I yeah. It really Do you know doesn't. I, mean? I remember like a quote that I always come back to is like, literally design does not save lives. We are not doctors. <laughs> exactly. We are not helping people breathe. We're mm-hmm. like, we mm-hmm. are literally creatives and it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it is impactful. Mm-hmm. Because we we put so much value into other businesses, but it doesn't change. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like in terms of, you know, if it's just one pixel on an Instagram post, like I just think it's an Instagram post. Like this is, you know, just just put your phone away. You don't need to see it. I don't know. know, Like it's it's not a big deal. It's situations like that, obviously. Yeah, it's important. And, you know, the work that gets put out is a reflection of you and your business and stuff. So it is very important but it's just us getting caught up and where the whole point is to outsource to get help and to save time it's like if you're there nitpicking every little tiny detail you're actually like wasting wasting time yeah yeah (laughs) i want to pivot and talk about outside of work how Mm. you manage your mental health so how do you prioritize the time that you're not spending on hov or vcs and that you're giving back to yourself what does that look like for you oh lots of rest lots of rest like sleeping in (laughs) and probably just spending a lot of quality time with, with my partner just you know chilling like being in absolute chill mode does wonders for my my recovery and me feeling like ready to go for work the next day and for my creativity, which is obviously necessary for everything that I'm doing. It's like, honestly, if I work too much, I get physically sick. Like this is something that I've had since I, since I had a job, I used to work as a full-time designer and then have a weekend job because I wanted to make more money and then run a charity on the side. So I've always done like multiple things at the same time. It's just me And sometimes like it would get to the point, you know, if I was finishing late at the weekend job and then had an event for the charity and then had to be back in the office on the Monday morning, it really catches up to me and I get Mm -hmm. ill. And so I actually have to stop myself before getting to that point. And that's another reason that all of this kind of balance has been so important to me because I actually can't do good work in those circumstances. And some people work really well like that you know, like just being on overdrive. They thrive in that, but I don't. I get sick. (laughs) Um, I think that you and I are like the same person in this (laughs) setting because I am just like that too. Like I work myself so hard because I love what I do and I Mm. pour everything into it. So 
before I had started my business, I was working full time and then I was freelancing on the side and I was spending a lot of time in my church and doing a lot of activities Mm. and just like, and you have your friends and you have everything. And I would fill up every single night, almost every single hour of my day doing things. And I thrived off of it Mm. until I hit the burnout. And whenever I hit the burnout, it was like, I can't do anything at all. And whether it's for a week or if it's for two months, like it was just cut. And that's something that I've been like working out of. It's like, I know that my tendency is to always want to do things and that's okay. I have the podcast. Mm. I have my business. I now have a puppy. I have my partner. I have like, there's still things to do. How do you infuse like spending time exercising and sitting outside and just like soaking in the rest and sleeping I mean I think that's what like what Hov has helped with a lot because it's obviously we've got a community of people who are kind of trying to keep up with these well-being practices that they're not always easy but we know that they help and we know that they make us feel good if you're consistent with them and there's I can't remember who said this but you can't always rely on motivation it's just discipline and so yeah you 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 might not want to go to the gym every single day but if you actually have the discipline to do it you know it does get easier and you are going to feel the benefits from it so sometimes it's just like taking that choice out of your hands if you can if you have someone who can hold you accountable or because you know if you are working a job and then you've got all these other things outside of that sometimes taking care of yourself just is just falls off the priority list. And so yeah, whatever way you can fit it in, whether it's the first thing you do in the day, just to make sure that it's done and it's out of the way, or you create some sort of routine, whether it's weekends or however it is that it works for you. I think it's just a discipline to like, keep it up and not just rely on motivation because it's just not always there. Emily, I don't know if I had ever told you this, but being part of House of Vibras for the few months that I did was actually game-changing for me. It was so hard because you had those four pillars of waking up at 6 a.m., literally the worst thing ever. (laughs) Journaling, meditation, and moving your body every Mm -hmm. single day. And it was Mm -hmm. hard for me, like really, really difficult, especially the moving your body part of it. But for, I believe I was with you for maybe three months or so, Mm -hmm. it was game changing because I was like, I feel so much better when I actually do all of these things and I have the accountability of people to support me through it. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing others thrive and be like energetic because of it. And I ended up, um, just you listeners know, like Emily is great. I ended up closing my membership because I felt overwhelmed with all the other things in my life. And I was like, I actually just feel like I need a break from things. So again, that (laughs) deep of like burnout, Um, but it was truly amazing to get to set those habits. And now Mm -hmm. I found that while I don't do every single four of those pillars every day, even when I do Mm. two of them a day, I'm like, you feel accomplished. Yeah. I feel accomplished. Yeah. So you taught me a lot in that. And I do remember the discipline quote, if you can say that again, just for our listeners in the back. Yeah. So always rely on motivation. It's actually discipline that's going to get you through. Yeah. That's something I actually think about quite a lot of just like, you just have to do it sometimes. And I know there's like, as creatives, a lot of our listeners are creatives as well. Mm. We sometimes rely on that inspiration and inspiration is valuable too. I mean, sometimes I have my hits of inspiration at 1am, 2am and that's okay. But sometimes we just do have to go through the motions a little bit and it comes along with us. Right. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, yeah, it's, it is a a good kind of environment to be in when, yeah, just seeing others, you know, uh, daily, it's different because even on social media, you know, you're not seeing someone wake up at six and then show you that they're meditating and journaling and moving their body as well as work and all the other things that they need to do around the house. And so having that private space of like people on the same journey as you is very, yeah, it's very helpful, very supportive. Yeah. If people share that on Instagram, I'm like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) chill out. (laughs) You're bragging. Stop. Uh, (laughs) I get it. I I am 
curious. So you've shared a lot about, I mean, all of the moving parts with your house and with your studios and everything. Mm. I'm curious if there is something that you wish you had structured better for yourself prior to all of it happening. If you were able, like hindsight, knowing what you do now, yeah, would you have done anything different? <laughs> I mean, it's funny talking about Hov now because only when was it? Monday? What day is it? Tuesday? Yeah, it was probably yesterday or the day before that I woke up really early and I've just kind of been in this phase of the studio is relaunching. Hov is, you know, a certain way, and I'm obviously trying to get more people involved and stuff. But it's hard to grow a brand new business when you're. attention isn't on it, obviously, because of the studio. And it's just been something like in the back of my mind of like maybe needing to relook at the structure and finding a way that it could work a little bit better in terms of my schedule and me being able to manage everything. And so (laughs) not necessarily in hindsight, but just the whole thing of like having two businesses at the same time maybe may have taken like bitten off more than I can chew because it is hard it is a challenge and yeah now it's just it puts you in a in a position where you have to come back to the drawing board quite often and I do that anyway I like you know kind of checking in with myself and making sure that what I'm doing is still relevant and still feels good but I didn't expect it to happen so soon for Hov that I would need to maybe relook at the the way that things are. And what I was going to say earlier as well is like, I know that there are a lot of creatives who also run membership platforms like Design to Thrive and Ociera have just launched a, a membership and they look incredible. But because, like I said, my one isn't to do with my business and creative, it takes another brain. It takes like literally split attention for you to be able to be able to do both. And it's super demanding. So... Yeah. yeah, I guess in this busy season, it's just made it even harder. And I have questions like, maybe I feel like this just because the past month has been so crazy. But at the same time, it's like, you need to make sustainable decisions because if you don't have a team and I'm not in the position right now to, to hire for like both businesses, then it's just me. And I need to make both of them work. And I need to make sure that I'm giving these paying customers what they deserve. Yeah. And so it's tough. It's tough. <laughs> what are your goals for the next couple of months with Hov and for VCS as well? Yeah. So with Hov, um, you may have seen we did a brand shoot, which was super fun. All the members. Yeah, I was jealous. <laughs> it was so I'm like, good. man, I need to live in London. Oh, it was awesome. It was just so lovely to see everyone. Obviously, we, we've, we've met up before, but a lot of people were new to the group and so they hadn't met everyone. So it was, it was super lovely. And also lovely to like do a shoot with real people who are actually in the community. I didn't I've been using stock images for such a long time since we launched because obviously I didn't have, you know, a brand shoot done. And so, yeah, that was, that was really nice. But from that, I had to design some merch for the shoot and everyone has just been like, when can I buy this? When can I buy this? So next thing for me on the hob to do list is to actually get that merch ready and be able to sell it. Love that. So that's coming hopefully before the end of this year, I think. In, yeah. In the next couple of months. And then for the studio, yeah, like I said, relaunching end of August. I've just, honestly, I've just simplified everything. I feel like at the beginning, when you start your business, you you want to offer all these services. Uh, and they're all things that you can do and you can do them well. But just after doing them for a while, you you learn what you love and what you enjoy and what you're the best at. And so I'm kind of relaunching with only those good things and just getting rid of everything else that wasn't kind of giving me energy anymore. (laughs) I think that's a good lesson to learn how to like reprioritize. So you're scaling one side back and you're escalating the other side too. So you then still have like a good balance of the two, which your big word is balance. So yeah, that's huge. Yeah, definitely. I love all of this. Thank you so much for sharing all of your story and your journey and just some of your learnings along the way of running your studios, of buying a home and all of the craziness that comes with life and just madness. Everything is madness. 
So thank you for being a part of this and for sharing all of this juicy information with our listeners. (laughs) You're so welcome. Thank you, Esther. Of course. I would love if you could share how people can get in contact with you, if they can join HAV and where they should go to learn some more. Yeah, definitely. So for HOV, the handle is houseofbibdas.com. Sorry, not the handle. <laughs> the Instagram is houseofbibdas and the website is houseofbibdas.com. And for the studio, it's Bibdas Creative Studio and then bibdascreativestudio.com. And yeah, all the stuff is on there, all the information. I am actually planning to just start sharing more of the conversations and more of the kind of behind the scenes of things that happen in HOV because right now I know that the Instagram is very much pushing the membership. And so I feel like maybe when you land on the page, you don't actually see like all the conversations and the things that people have in common and what exactly is it that we do in there. And so I'm going to try and start uh, highlighting that a little bit more and hopefully bring in some more people. So yeah, exciting stuff. When are you opening up for new members? Um, so we don't have a, a cap anymore. Like we, we're open. Amazing. You can, you can yeah, you can actually join, like sign up instantly. There might be some changes coming soon. Like I said, just in terms of the structure and stuff, but we're still here. We're still going. So just check out the page and all the updates will be there. Amazing. And you guys definitely check it out. It, Like I said, it was huge for me. And I think especially if you're trying to learn how to balance your life a little bit better, like we said, it's not a creative mentorship at all. It is about your life, your well-being, your mental health, and focusing on your body itself. So mm-hmm. chat with Emily. She would love to talk you through if this is going to be a good fit for you. And it's not expensive. It's definitely an investment in yourself mm-hmm. and it's going to make you feel better. So I recommend, like I said, I had done it for a few months and it was amazing. So, <laughs> you know, just continue to plug it. Yeah. And we have a, like, honestly, the majority of people are self-employed and also creative. Like that makes up the most of our, our community anyway, which is funny because it's not for creatives, but they're just the people who have gravitated to There are it. creatives. Yeah. And then you have your partner in there who's like fitness and yeah. all of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And also people who have jobs, people who have kids, we have men, we have women, we have people of all different ages who live all around the world. So it's, it's literally just a place like-minded individuals to meet and if you're interested in all that well-being goodness then yeah it's it's a good place to be yes awesome thank you so much for sharing that with us Before we let you go, we have an inbox question. Okay. So we're just going to keep it rolling. One more yeah. question. <laughs> so our question today is from Jennifer Hibdidge, and she asks, how do you go about managing your social media accounts when you're someone who doesn't use social media often and is someone who just doesn't want to spend time on their phone at all? Ooh. And... Emily, I would love for you to answer this question because I feel like it kind of relates to what we've already been chatting about. Yeah. I mean, short answer is just scheduling and auto-posting content. So, you know, you don't necessarily have to actually be on the page, but you've still got content going up and kind of activity happening on your page. Um, You could just sit down one day and like batch out a whole bunch, write the captions, schedule it, and then it's just there working for you. I use Planoly, but I know that you can now do it on Facebook, I believe, for free, I think it is. I think Anna was doing that for House of Bibdas. Um, But I use Planoly just because I like the way that the the interface looks and stuff. And that would honestly be my, my number one tip because it just doesn't require you to actually be on the app. And then, you know, things are posting and you can go in and check and like respond to comments and messages and stuff, but you're not on there writing captions and actually, you know, having to be on there every day. So that would be my thing. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes I get really stressed out by social media and it's just like, I don't, I feel anxiety when I'm on Instagram or on Pinterest, even just like any type of creative app. I'm like, oh, I don't even want to do this. So I do what you do as well is set aside time. And Mm. also lately I have been hiring somebody to work with me for a day or Mm. two days to just batch out a crap ton of content. So that way it can go in, I can write the captions all at one time and then just have them ready to go. 
So mm-hmm. now I also use Planoly, but I don't schedule them auto. So I have them okay. written out and I, and I post them when I feel like posting them. So okay. it's still created, which helps me not feel as much of the stress of it. But then yeah. I feel like when I do go to post it, I am able to interact right away. Right. Yeah, so there's a lot too. of different... Yeah. There's a lot of different things you can do. And also a big thing I would recommend is repurposing content. So I post the same stuff on Pinterest that I do on Instagram. Mm. And I used to, I don't anymore, um, do a lot more LinkedIn marketing, which again would be a repost. So it's not that you have to create content for every single platform. It's about resizing and repurposing and being able to not stress yourself out because Mm. we don't want to spend time on our phone. (laughs) Let's be outside and enjoy the world around us too. 100%. But I would say, obviously not to encourage like to be on your phone more because it might just be like, you're just not interested in it. But just in case it is for a reason of, you know, it just drains you and you're not liking what you're seeing, just make sure as well that, I know people say all the time, but that you're following accounts that actually inspire you and make you feel good and teach you new things. And as soon as I did that, social media became a really positive place for me and I go through and it's like really wholesome stuff and it's like okay fair enough I Mm. might be spending a little bit too much time but I don't I don't it doesn't make me feel bad because the stuff I'm consuming is generally quite positive so maybe that too yes that's fair that is a really really good insight there Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today it was such a pleasure having you on and get to chat with you again so We can't wait to see you again soon, hopefully. Oh, thank you so much, Esther. We honestly we booked this in such a long time ago. So it's been a long time coming, but we finally did it. And yeah, I'm excited for the episode to come out and to see what people think. <laughs> yeah. You guys go chat with her and we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.